Warning! This episode contains foul language, references to the Holocaust, demonic activity, murder, and the death of a child. Hi, weirdos. You are listening to Keep It Weird, the podcast for all things strange, unusual, paranormal, supernatural, creepy, sticky, gross, scary, and everything in between. Each week, we have the pleasure of sitting down and chatting about something weird, and this week is extra special because we got to sit down with four past guests as a Christmas present for you, and let's be honest, for ourselves as well. Speaking of present, it's time you were visited by the ghost of Christmas present. Only, this ghost looks an awful lot like a demon. (laughs) This episode, we got to hang out with Steve and Maria Lakioma to talk about some seemingly demonic creatures of the night. My name is Ashley, and this is my co-host, Lauren. Hello, weirdos. This episode was super fun because we got to Zoom with Steve and Maria. It was really fun to see their faces. Yeah, we had not done that for an episode yet, and it was extra special. I'm sorry to other ghosts. Other ghosts? (laughs) Other Other guests? (laughs) Oh my gosh. I shouldn't have even even corrected it to guests. (laughs) It is our other ghosts. Um, Apologies to all ghosts and guests who didn't get to hop on Zoom because, dang, we had a really good time. (laughs) We laughed a lot. So much fun. It really felt like we were just hanging out in the same room, but... It does mean that the audio in this episode is very different than the audio of the episodes surrounding it. Yes. I'm also uploading the video version of this episode to YouTube as we speak. So that's going to be available to you as well if that is something you are more interested in, seeing us uh, be our animated selves. And the YouTube version actually has a couple extra little tangents and details that the audio (laughs) version doesn't. So that's another lovely incentive to check out the video as well. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, so we got to sit down with Steve and Maria. They got to talk to us about some of their all-time favorite topics. Steve brought his love of cryptids, and Maria taught us about a new type of demon. Enjoy! Hi, guys. Hi. Hello. Hello. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you. you. It's so great to have you both at the same time. This is like a dream. I I know, but still apart, even though we're married. (laughs) uh, Yes. We're in two different parts of the apartment. (laughs) We got like a 1950s house where I sleep in another bed next to her. You guys have the two twins. You're separate. Mm -hmm. Occasionally, you push them together. Mm -hmm. And I'll touch her thigh for foreplay. Yeah, it's very good. She'll show you her wrist. Or something. Oh, oh, stop. I'm getting off. <gasps> <gasps> Sweating. 
So, uh, Steve and Maria, hello. You guys have both been on the show, although separately. Maria, you came on in season one. You had two episodes, sort of the same topic. The first one was called Glitch in the Maria, which was all about questioning whether or not we live in a simulation. And we talked about deja vu and alternate timelines and the Mandela effect. You actually learned what that was on uh, live, which was, was really fun because you lost your mind. Your reactions were so good. <laughs> I loved it. You could hear her losing her mind. Yes. You really could. It was amazing. Yeah. yeah. And then you came on a couple months later for uh, an episode called Down the Rabbit Hole. And this time we looked at kind of the same stuff, but then we asked like, okay, if we are in a simulation, then what are premonitions? What is God? Et cetera, et cetera. Right. And I freaking loved those episodes mm -hmm. thank you and they were fun i mean this i i literally bore steven all the time with all of that information like yo let's talk about space it's not that it, god it's not that it bores me it's that you do it at like two in the morning when i'm trying to sleep and you go are you up what do you think of Being black awake? hole what's inside a black hole and i'm like i don't know like i don't know i'm so tired I'm uh, sleeping yeah i do i do i get crazy yeah. I, I know that. Joe eventually will be like, will you just call a friend? <laughs> you talk yeah. to somebody else for a minute. I think like, that's okay. why I text you so much randomly, uh, Ashley, out of, out of nowhere. I'll just be, it'll be like in the morning and I'm sitting there like reading and then I'm like, oh my God, black holes. Yes. And I'll like text you all the time with random stuff. Are we allowed to curse uh, on here? Yes. Or do we have you like curse PG? All you okay. want. No, okay. No, yeah. Don't shit. No rating. <laughs> Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. And then Steve, you were on just uh, at the end of last season for a hometown haunts, New York episode that was so great. It ended up being three parts. My goodness. So that's right. That's right. Wow. Bobby, New York, Bobby, New York, New York was so funny. Oh my gosh. Both of you had episodes in seasons that ended up being sort of fan favorites. So I'm sure everyone's going to be very excited to hear you guys together. Covering two different things, too. Ooh. I know. I'm so I'm excited. I'm so, so excited, you guys. Before we get into what you came with, can I ask sort of um, for our listeners, what have you been up to since you were last on? I know, Steve, it's sort of like COVID. I've, COVID is what I've been up to. I've been in the house. <laughs> yeah, still doing stand up, that Zoom stand up, yeah. which isn't really stand up. I don't know what it is. <laughs> right. Um, but just that's that's all. That's it. And cleaning all my shoes. I've cleaned a lot of shoes. Good. Well, I mean, that's something good to do. That's productive. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, but you guys did. You have been making really, really, really funny videos my goodness. in quarantine. Yes. We did. Actually, I forgot because yeah. I was at the top of quarantine when we're like, let's be creative and just turn it into good. And then, like, you know, months later we're like what the fuck yeah. i'm so yeah. exhausted yeah. i can't <laughs> yeah the the mundane yeah. routine my favorite one i think was the one where you guys were like it seemed like you were going in to rob a store but really you were just like prepping to go grocery shopping so you had to like <laughs> you was like okay do you have uh, do we have our gloves do we have our masks yeah. <laughs> and then it just ended yeah. up being grocery shopping it was hilarious How, what, what did we do that did we do that for a film fest I think we did it for shits and giggles, to be we honest. We did. Yeah. That's right. I think one day we were just mm -hmm. like, whoa, wouldn't it be like, it's like we in a bank heist, but not, you know? <laughs> whoa, but then we, and then the reveal is that we go into Ralph's. What? Um, I have been um, 
funny enough, in like just engrossed in um, a town called Genoa City, which exists in a soap opera called The Young and the Restless. Yes. <laughs> yes. You have been killing it. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I just, I, I mean, it's crazy because I, I booked that job right before COVID like kicked in. And so I was working COVID free for a while. And then um, I think March 16th was the day that uh, Hollywood sort of shut down. Yeah. The world shut down. Well, the world yeah. shut, yes. The world, I, I know, right? Like, uh, just Hollywood. Only no. us. <laughs> Only us. We're <laughs> actors. We had nothing to do. No, really. Yeah, and then uh, I had some episodes that were supposed to shoot in May, but then after everything shut down, I wasn't sure if I was going to be back, and they just kept bringing me back. So funny enough, the whole year, I just I spent on a show. I spent on a, on a soap opera, which is awesome. Is amazing. So oh, good. it was so much fun. And I cleaned all your shoes. You did. <laughs> Steve cleaned Steve the shoes. Steve kept cleaning the shoes, you guys. It's amazing. What I did. Amazing. So uh, just because I'm curious, what is it like to be, because I've been on sets before because I did background work. So I kind of get how that works. But mm -hmm. I know that soap operas are a different animal because they change so quickly. Quickly. Yeah. Yeah. They're yeah. writing it like as they're going, as opposed to, to like the whole season. Because are you taping every single day, pretty much? Like you have to learn new lines back to back? Yes and no. So at the top before, so before COVID, so I started work, uh, I believe it was like Jan uh, February 7th. And then I worked until uh, like the first week of March. When pre-COVID, um, I wasn't in every episode, uh, yet I, do, I did work a lot. And there was a lot of text that I had to memorize. Not as much as the people, like some of the contract players that are literally there every single day uh, yeah. from 5 a.m. Yeah. until like 4 yeah. Um, it is. It's really fast. It, there was one day I had to do 23 pages, which is kind of like a short film um, in one yeah. day. And I and it was and it was, I think, my third episode and I'm brand new. I'm walking into this uh, scenario. I've never been on a soap before. And so it is very different from other sets because. On other sets, I think maybe if you do, let's say you have a scene, you know what I mean? You might do three or four takes of that scene from different angles. You kind of have practice. But with soaps, it's like, let's say I have four scenes in this episode. We're shooting all of my scenes and you get one rehearsal, one take, and then you wow. move on. Ugh. And that's it. So it was very intimidating, but it taught me how to like, you know, memorize like a like a crack demon i don't know what that yeah. is but i just it came crack out demon. And that's, no, yeah. sure. oh, wow, that's terrible <laughs> that's actually what we're talking about today Today's yeah that was my, gonna be my thing um, <laughs> crack demons but yeah sometimes i would get scripts and i'm like so what what where where's it going i didn't know right. where my storyline was going uh from the get-go so it was kind of which kinda is kind of cool because yeah. if you're actually that person you don't know what is going to happen tomorrow yeah. so it's kind of fun yeah. i yeah. think i'm gone i'm gone i think my character is actually done oh. <laughs> well we'll see it's a soap yeah. opera you know yeah. so many yeah. times you think a character is dead and they swoop in out of nowhere yeah. so there's that's hope for true you. that's so true but anyway that's what i've I, i've been up to and it sort of just came in in little chunks so it was a, it was a, it was a fun ride yeah very yeah. cool and um you had a better year than a lot yeah. of 
a lot of people. People yeah. <laughs> did. Yeah. You know what's funny is that I did. I haven't. I didn't work for so long. I spent like two years dry, and then a pandemic hits, and it was like here's all of the work. Right. And it was like I can't Isn't complain. That funny. It's yeah, so I funny. Life works like that sometimes. Mm. It's nuts. So. Well, congrats to both of you. Yeah, you're, congratulations. You're both being amazing creatives and still thriving in the midst of it all. So well done. Trying. <laughs> well, I have to say about Steven, he's selling himself short, but this dude created a pilot and has like also then. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Wow. He finished a pilot and now he's working on like two other shows. He's a very talented writer. Okay. So. NBD. That's awesome. <laughs> Look at him <laughs> rolling his eyes. I will say this. <laughs> Check out Gene Domatori if you haven't. Oh. I'll plug that the whole time. Gene Domatori, uh, Animal Agent. Just oh, I love Gene Animal Gene Agent. Domitore. More more things to come for Gene Domatori. He filmed a whole bunch of stuff. Okay. And, you like animals and you like uh, mental patients, I'm your guy. So, perfect. <laughs> yes, that is what I enjoy. Um, I think I've reposted a couple of them, but I'm happy you to have. repost Thank you. Thank every you. single one. We of should them, put them in um, like our Facebook group because I think our listeners would sure. really enjoy. Well, I love you. Thank you guys. Um, today we're talking about crack demons, and uh, <laughs> we're kind of handing it over to Steve and Maria. They've prepared everything, we just get to kick our feet up and listen to stories let's do it your go baby you want me to go first oh, oh yeah okay Take it away awesome yeah so please. i have a i have a uh, obsession when it comes to the the paranormal or the supernatural and that's cryptids i really yep. love cryptids and i know when i was on last we got into some cryptids yes. of new york and stuff so of course i was going to do cryptids again and i had a whole game plan i knew what i was gonna go i've been doing a lot of studying of the native american culture and their kind of lore and cryptids but while i was doing that i found a new cryptid i'd never heard about and uh, and it was very exciting for me because anytime i find a cryptid for a place that i frequent or i've been to or spend time it's like whoa man did, did i did i ever see it when i was there you know <laughs> yeah so I, uh, I love the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Uh, Maria and I spend time up there. We love hiking and camping, everything to do with the Sierras. I'm obsessed. One day I will live up there in a shack and I will make soap and whittle and it will be the best life ever. But Perfect. until then I'm here. And uh, I came across a Sierra cryptid and it's not Bigfoot. And it's not the, the the weird walkie guys. You ever see those weird walkie Fresno guys? Fresno Nightcrawlers? Yes, Oof. not those. Yes. Are those the ones that look like parentheses? They're the ones that look like pants. Yeah. Just They're just pants. like walking like strolling. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like this. Yeah, like that. <laughs> Creepy. So I came across the Lone Pine Mountain Devil. Similar to the crack demon. Sure, sure. Of the crack demon. <laughs> yes. So Lone Pine <laughs> is the town right outside Mount Whitney. You guys familiar with Mount Whitney? I'm not. Uh, yes, I've heard of it, but I've never been yeah, there. Same. Mount Whitney is the highest peak in the continental United States. Okay. And it's here what? in California. Yeah, it's 14,000, almost okay. 15,000 feet. So obviously it's not Denali in Alaska, but here, it's, right, it's yeah. you know, tip, top dog. Tip top. Okay. Tip top. So there's this area, there's a drive called the Whitney Portal. And supposedly, this is where the Lone Pine Mountain Devil lives. It lives back there in an area called the Alabama Hills. Now, believe it or not, you guys know what the Alabama Hills are. 
because you've seen the movie Tremors, I take it, oh, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. So you know those rocks they're doing the, the, the pole yeah. vaulting on? Yeah. Those, that's the Alabama hills. Those oh, are rock right. formations that are littered. What? It's here in California. It's two hours away. It's beautiful. Dang. Yeah, you okay. can actually go. I should. It's not far. No, it's not far at all. That's why I was like, oh, my God, I've been up there so many times. So the Lone Pine Mountain Devil supposedly used to terrorize the whole Southwest. And it was a creature very similar to the Sinornithorosis. Do you know what that is? I'm going to say that again because it sounded like I was choking on something. Sinornithosis. <laughs> Sinornithosis. I tried to say it. Nice. Is that a, 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 like an old dinosaur? It is. It is the flight, the uh, wing dinosaur. So not oh. like, not a pterodactyl, okay. not mm -hmm. a raptor, but you ever see like those, those dinosaurs that are like half lizard and they got feathers and they have beautiful plumage. Mm -hmm. What a great word. Plum the yes. plumage is just beautiful. Yes. Plumage. So that's what those are. Plumage. So they say it looks like that. Okay. With an extra set of wings and that it's about, I don't know, five feet tall, something like that. Too tall. Very, anything that ha that has teeth. Oh, and teeth. <laughs> oh. That's teeth. You've seen these things. Just imagine a velociraptor with rings. That's what it looks looks like. <laughs> supposedly there were stories back in the late 1800s around 1878 of people in and around the lone pine area and in the sierras that were mutilated by this lone pine mountain devil or the lone pine devil and what it would do is rip all the skin off your face so that you were unrecognizable and then Classic. just eat all of your soft tissue around your chest and then be out and then peace oh okay and what if you had abs if you had abs, you, you were in good shape. It would just go for like your earlobes and the soft okay. cartilage. So All right, good if you know. were ripped, if you were shredded. It's a better, better reason chance, okay? to stay fit, guys. Okay, exactly. Yeah. So they, there's stories of this mountain devil uh, in the late 1870s, killing miners, killing, you know, uh, stagecoach travelers. There's an infamous story of uh, these early settlers, right? And they were taken like a caboose thing you know what are they called the, the wagons you know what I'm yeah about, a right? wagon a wagon so they were yeah they <laughs> that were, is they were, the name. a stagecoach stagecoach that's what stagecoach stage okay uh and they were spanish settlers and they were trying to get to san diego through the sierras and there was like 40 of them and they never showed up to san diego but one day this like priest who was all like tattered and they said he was the priest with them. And he, all he had was like a book. And he was all like, huh. And he's Spanish. So he's probably, you know, like, por favor, por favor, right? And he comes up. And they're like, Father, what was his name? He had a cool name, like Father Jezidua. Anyways, oh, uh, Father, Father uh, Bullshit. I can't find it. Father so, Bullshit. Yeah. I, I've heard of him. <laughs> I've told a few confessions to Father Bullshit. <laughs> I know. Father Martinez, that was his name. Not oh, no. close to Bullshit. No, no. And they were like, what happened? What happened? He was like, oh, there was an orgy. We were celebrating uh, St. Roderick Day and an orgy erupted. Oh. And all of a sudden the demons came out and they started attacking and ripping these people to shreds and taking them down to hell and everybody disappeared and I survived. And he was quoted, my God, my God, they are all gone. The winged demons have risen. 
What sin have they committed against each other that in, in thy sacred earth made the forgiving Lord not abandon their souls, which were taken from them into the depths of hell. And through the earthly fires of man, a soul tree remained on the mountain's peak and the devils that spare me returned to the refuge of the lone pine of the mountain. This is what this guy said. Wait, I have a question for you, Steve. Yeah. Um, when you said orgy, like, does he mean like a gaggle of people or like a sexual orgy? It says the celebration, according to the pious father, turned into a riotous orgy. There's quotes. So, like, I don't, I don't know any orgies where people aren't fucking. So, I'm sure that, <laughs> like, that's what it was. Which is surprising. Like, that takes balls to begin with. You got a right. priest over here, and like, oh, I don't worry about him. Let's just fucking have this orgy. Hey, father, don't yeah. show him the tent. Whoa. Like, that's ballsy. Yeah. So they probably be, they were deserved to get ripped to shreds by these things. So that was in 1878. Now, the next sightings, like legit sightings, weren't actually until 2003. So it's oh, wow. this. I know, that's a long time. And it was a story of this guy who lived uh, by Yosemite on the Eastern Sierras. And he went out one night to smoke a cigarette. And he said he heard what he could only say was the sound of a demon yelling. And he looked up. And there and it was, was his mom. This it was his mom. <laughs> and it was his mother. That's right. not yeah. part of the story. You I just, it was interesting. <laughs> yeah, like, shut up, demon mom. So he turned and he looked and he said he didn't think twice. He saw a huge bird, what he thought was a bird on top of his neighbor's house that he said looked like an ostrich. And he went, wait, what the, that's not, and it flew, it jumped and flew to the, 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 tip of another tree and it was so heavy it almost weighed the tree down and it stayed staring at him and then he said wait that's not an ostrich because one ostriches don't fly and they don't, they don't chill usually in do that the sierras yeah they right. wouldn't be chilling at yosemite yeah. seriously <laughs> and he said it, it had double knees you know but it had these huge wings and a face with teeth and these big mm -hmm. demon eyes Jeez. and he started he got on his bike he said to try to like ride away and it started following him jumping from tree to tree yelling he said he, he rode like you know the dickens i don't even know what that means what does it mean to run or ride like the dickens? i don't know what the fuck does that mean it's a phrase that that's i've actually used good many times before and i have never looked right? into why that's a phrase um scare the dickens out of him right which is char probably in reference to Scrooge. That's right? why I'll be coming oh. to you guys for questions like this. This is great. I also yeah. have a question too. Why do people always say, let's get the, let's get the fuck out of Dodge. Like what is Dodge like? I'd love to explore the city of Dodge. Dodge. Is bad. Yeah. <laughs> what is Dodge about? Where's Dodge? Dodge? That's where Wyatt Earp, no, he was in Tombstone. Right? Lots of questions. I feel like we could have a whole episode on, phrases on and why idioms we say them. and phrases yeah. and like where the hell they came Open from. Open our no, season no, one. Paul. Got it. You can have your listeners uh, like uh, send in stories of like what they feel like Dodge would be. And maybe you can read the, mo the best, the best yes. ones. I kind of love that. I'm like a that. producer now. <laughs> <laughs> you get a producer credit for that episode. Join the team. <laughs> but you were saying Steve. So, okay, yes. Well, so he, he he ran like the Dickens and got the fuck out of Dodge and he said he moved a thousand miles away. Because <laughs> he never wanted to deal with it again. And then there was other little stories like, oh my God, I saw a bird thing like that once and I saw a thing like that once. So the, I think the reason I like cryptids, so this is what I'm gonna get into. I I try to first, I'm sure we all do, we try to logically dissect, like, okay, what is this? Yeah. What, 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 what are people doing? You know what I mean? Are people fucking high or are they smoking? Friggin' peyote, what's going on? 
1879, I know a lot about that era. I'll get that. That's a whole nother podcast, but <laughs> there was, there was a lot of the, the gold rush was going on up there. And if you found yeah. a claim, you didn't want people to go up and start, you know, hacking away at your claim. Right. So you probably had to say one, they would say like, Hey, be careful. The natives are up in there. And, and that was the truth. And that's why the Mariposa battalions were created to wipe out the natives, which is very horrible and sad. But also yeah. you'd probably say, Hey, don't go up there. There's this winged demon creature. It's going to bite your dick off and then it's going to take all your gold, you know? And you're like, Oh, I need those two things. So, <laughs> so people wouldn't go uh, up and then, you know, you don't want to get your face ripped off. And then, so I think back then it was just people just kind of like trying to keep people out of their claims, even though there's a lot of other stories about the Whitney portal and ghosts and all that. Cause it was a, a big crossing for people back in the day, the Whitney portal. Okay. Wait, what was the Whitney portal? Is it an actual portal or like a, a pathway? It's, it's a, it's a pathway. So what it is, is if you were to cross over Mount Whitney and, yeah. and just go straight over, you come out right where Sequoia national park is. And then you're a straight shot to San Francisco. So that's uh, why they would go that way. And it was easier to traverse than most of the other Sierras because if you drive along the Sierra Nevadas, the, the Southern part, there's the cliffs literally rise straight out of the death Valley and they're almost impenetrable. So that was kind of a little break South. The next one would be the Tioga pass, but that was so far North, you know, back in the day, you're on a horse. It's not a two hour drive. Yeah. It's like, you know, a yeah. four day burrow. Yeah. Who the fuck wants to yeah. do that shit? So you take your chances with the winged demons. Um, so <laughs> worth it. So 2003, now I'm just reading, hey, this is like the internet and people just getting excited about telling the story that people created back from 1879. Mm -hmm. but, then, but then you start to think, right? You go, wait, we're one of these Saigor North Africanicuses around. <laughs> you know what I mean? Was, uh, again? The center of Memorial I'm just going to take the audio from earlier in the episode Splice it and in. just like plug like, it. <laughs> like that? Uh, yeah, exactly. Sinorth, Sinorna the Thorsis. That's awful. That Never sounds mind. right. We believe um, you. Or how about this? They, they also call them micro raptors. That sounds better. That's so um, much better. You should have been saying yeah, this all along. <laughs> I tried to get technical with it. So listen, we, we always hear stories about like, hey, it's a plesiosaur. It might be a plesiosaur that's stuck in this lake or it might mm. be an old ancient mosasaur right. could be please tell me what a plesiosaurus is loch ness oh yeah that? they think yeah. that's what oh. think of yeah. old nessie oh four fins long neck a uh, big mouth, yeah 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 teeth, i just didn't know fish. that was that was its uh you know formal yeah, name his birth name yeah that's his Yes, that's his, his confirmation name is Plesiosaur, yes. His confirmation name. His confirmation name, Plesiosaur. The confirmation, no, confirmation name just killed me. That is yeah, so good. Yeah. So that's his, that's his, uh, anyways. Oh. So maybe, listen, the Sierras, they're, they're pretty, I mean, there's a lot of people hiking and doing shit up there, but you can, you could hide up in there. You know yeah, what I mean? Totally. What if one of these micro raptors, just, I mean, it's a bird. So, I mean, from a distance, you go, oh, look at that big bird. You know, what is that, an eagle or a flying ostrich? <laughs> Have you found in your research that the majority of these cryptids live in these areas? Or do you, are you finding them kind of like, not? I mean, 
barring the world, like the rest of the world, because there's like crazy shit up in the Himalayas. I don't know that for a fact. Please fact check me on that. But I'm sure the Yeti, the Yeti, the Yeti. Yeti. But like, are you finding that a lot of them are in the Sierras, or are you seeing some in like New York, or I don't know, whatever? Well, they're 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 mostly in sparsely populated areas where you know old Jeb goes for a hike and he's been drinking a little bit of the moonshine and something scares the Dickens out of him. And he goes, there's a, there's a creature in the woods. You tried to eat my toes. It's the toe demon. Everything's going to be a crap demon, a toe demon today. Oh. So yes, yes, they usually are in, you know, very um, vast wilderness areas, things like that. Because but are you seeing them out here on the west or more like on the east? Like, are you like... The only other, there's only other, the, in, in the Sierras, there's three other cryptids I found in the Sierras. Now, we already mentioned the... The, the parentheses. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Pair of jeans walking. The Tahoe Tessie, which is uh, oh. similar to the Loch Ness Nessie. Uh, so okay. the, the Tahoe Tessie in Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe is an extremely deep lake and it's always cold. Um, Jacques Cousteau is said to have died, died a submersible down there. When he came up, they said, what did you see? And he went, the world is not ready to know what I saw. So <laughs> So they did some research. really good impression. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> but they weren't sure if he saw Tessie or all the dead bodies because the mafia used to dump the bodies down at the yeah. bottom. Tahoe, Maybe he saw, he saw both. both dead bodies. Oh. Maybe. Tessie was but swimming also, over the dead bodies and he didn't yes, know it. Well, <laughs> I did this. I like that. Did you guys watch Hellier? No. Hellier as in Hellier, Kentucky, because there was um, this famous case of basically gremlins in Hellier, Kentucky. I did. So basically they go, yeah, to research, like to try and find like evidence of these gremlins and they start realizing that like, oh, there actually might just be like a portal here. And then they start looking at like the map of the United States and they realize that all of these like cryptid sightings happen near cave openings or like places with a lot of caves right. that's which, where i would you know be. mountains have yeah i'd be hiding in a cave for sure I, why not i can't get into it i can't get into it i can't get into it how much time do you have i wrote a pilot and it has to do a lot with what you're talking about <gasps> and so excited. yep and it they do believe that these cave systems some of them do. The Native Americans did believe in portals to the afterlife or to another yeah. realm. Let's first say that. And that a lot of their beings, these the, the native cryptids, would come through these portals whenever they were like, yo, we got to fucking check these guys. They're doing some shit. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Th- and that's been around, I mean, um, like there's cave drawings of this stuff. You know what I mean? Maybe not yeah. portals, but that's of cryptids and things like that. So, I wouldn't be surprised if that is something in these interdimensional beings, a la the mist come through and are like, I'm a gremlin. Like, <laughs> yeah, you are a gremlin. Get back in your cave. Bigfoot is one of those supposed, you know, everyone always says like, oh, if Bigfoot exists, like why haven't we found evidence of it? It's like, first of all, we kind of have. Right. Second of all, um, I mean, who's to say that it's like a physical creature that, that bleeds blood? Like, mm-hmm. we don't know, right? I agree. Totally we true. We don't know shit. 
we talked about this uh, recently, the Hunters, um, Missing 411 Hunters documentary where so that good. woman got a picture of that thing and it's like invisible. Mm-hmm. It's like, how do we know what they can't go invisible? Right. We yeah. just don't know, anything. We don't know anything. Like everybody has this idea in their mind of what Bigfoot is, but truly we don't know exactly what Bigfoot is. And he may have talents and powers that we don't understand. And Yeah. 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 He could he be, could be running Universal Studios for yeah, all we know. We have you know no what I mean? Clue. What if he's a shapeshifter exactly. and he can become an executive at any time <laughs> and go back into the woods? <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Oh. Well, uh, Stephen, did you have more notes? Why? Just a couple little, nothing crazy. Just like go for you know, it. Again, it the these the the mountain devils. <laughs> you nobody needs to fear unless you decide to go and mess with nature. They only attack people who are disturbing nature. So Ah. that's what, like, if you went up there camping and you were doing everything nice and you were doing like, thank you nature. And like, you know, made a nice fire and, and, you know, brought everything out, no garbage. They're not going to mess with you. But if you go up there and you start having orgies like these people lighting shit on fire, and, and, you know, in front of priests. Yeah. There's going to be a problem. They're going to eat your fucking face. Okay. <laughs> Crack demons don't so, have time for orgies. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, I mean, that's, that's just about it when it comes to the, the lone pine mountain devil. Um, you know, I uh, obviously could sit here and talk about cryptids forever, but I'd really love to hear what my beautiful wife has to say. Guys, I've gone down a rabbit hole. Do you... Do I you know. guys know what the Dybbuk is? I know. Any, like, I know. Yes. What do you know, Lauren? Tell me what you know. <laughs> no, I, I don't want to take any of this away from you because I don't think any of our listeners know anything about the Dybbuk. And I think you just go forth with the education. I'm just going to go All forth. I know is that Jewish and there are boxes <gasps> yeah. that you can get online, Dybbuk boxes. That supposedly have dibics in them, which is like who? I thought you were just gonna and leave it at Jewish and boxes, and then just like Jewish boxes. All I knew about it was a quote from one of our favorite movies, Waiting for Guffman. Yes. Oh which my goes, gosh. Okay. Dibic schmibic. I said more ham. Yeah. Is that it? We've been yep. saying dibic it schmibic. all day. Yeah. I'm like cleaning. I'm like dibic schmibic. I said more hat. And then I do it in different Eugene voices. Levy. No, and yeah. I feel like that's so, kind of the summary of anyone has heard of these. That's kind of what they know is like cursed box. Like that's kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I'm excited to learn more. Yeah. I don't yes. know a lot. They made a movie in 2012 about this box it's like but but it was like something i i mean i didn't see the movie but i'm gathering it might have been something like annabelle where it was like oh annabelle was really this and then this i have to do more research on that but it's funny that you say about um you can buy dybbuk boxes online because when in my research there's only 10 in the world apparently whoa really yeah like there's 10 dybbuk boxes with dybbuk's in them and for the listeners out there, uh, so a Dybbuk is this malevolent spirit or a demon, but it usually attaches itself to a soul. So there were a couple of things. There's one where it's, it's, a, it's a malevolent spirit that um, will attach itself to a human soul or something mm-hmm. like that, or a demon that attaches itself to a human soul. And the human soul is usually one that's like, oh, I've got unfinished business. I've got unresolved stuff. And so the demon's like, okay, check it. I'll get you in a bottle, uh, in a body, in a bottle. <laughs> Girl, I'll get you in that bottle, yo. 
<laughs> what if what if Christina Aguilera was a dibbit? She's like, mm, I'm out. I'm a dibbit in a bottle. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a really funny parody. <laughs> So it attaches itself. So yeah, so it's a, it's like a human spirit that's, you know, recently deceased and, and, and the demon's like, okay, so I'm going to put you in a body and then I'll get to like possess that body. So like the soul gets rest and then the demon gets to like, you know, possess and shit. But anyway, but either way, it's a bad, it's a bad thing. So I came across this story because I've been obsessed with a show that I found on Prime, uh, but it's a history channel show called Haunted History. Mm. I just want to say something. She watches these shows all the time and I don't even need to know what she's watching. And it's not because of what they're talking about. There is a sound effect in every single one of these shows. <laughs> the, the, the squeaky gate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every <laughs> single show has the squeaky. All these, it's always like, and then the guy's like, she realized that the jello had molded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, today we're visiting the Crowley house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. Sorry, go ahead. Sorry. So the show, um, it's uh, it's really cool because it takes haunted things or possessed things or just paranormal stuff, but it but it does a really great job of weaving history into it. So this episode was about this wine box that was possessed, and so I found out that there's this box. So the story goes as this. Let me see. I got my notes here. I'm gonna go refer to notes. This is where we mm -hmm. refer to notes. So there's a dude, there was this dude named Kevin Manis, right? And he owned this like antique refurnishing shop in Portland, Oregon. And he had purchased this uh, wine box um, at like an estate sale. This woman, she was 103 years old. She's a survivor of the Holocaust. She had died. And so he purchased this, this box, right? So he kept it in his basement for a hot minute. And there are some stories of like of an employee and it being, you know, whatever haunted shit happened. But the main story that I'm trying to get here is, is about how this thing, it's almost like it's got its own like long drawn out story where it chooses people. So he has this box for a while and he's like, you know what, I'm going to fix it up and I'm going to give it to my mom for her birthday. So he fixes it up and he happens to give it to his mom on Halloween. Her birthday was on the 28th, but she was on a trip. So when she came back, he was like, here's this box. And so he like stepped away for what, I don't know what it said. It was like five minutes. And then somebody comes running back to him and goes, dude. Well, they didn't say dude. I'm saying dude. But he's like, dude. You don't know <laughs> that. <laughs> Something's up with your mom. And he goes back and his mom is kind of like in this sort of catatonic state or what have you, but she's just not moving. They rush her to the hospital. Nice. And she had some sort of uh, like paralysis thing something happened this is when I was trying to write out the word paralysis but something happened she like was paralyzed and she wrote on a piece of paper no like she wrote it in this weird way like no box like like I don't want this box Ooh. so people who have possessed this box who have who have um uh, whoever this box has been uh, like passed down to have experienced a lot of similar things but I'll, I'll go along with this story so now so he has this box for a while. So now he's like, look, I'm going to get rid of it. So he gets rid of it. He puts it up on eBay and this college student purchases it. And so he starts experiencing weird things. He has weird dreams. And then he's like, this thing has got to go. Because what college student has time for that, right? <laughs> yeah, I have exams. Exactly. I don't need demons. So he sells it. And this dude, this other guy, what's, what was his name? Hold on, I got to get, get his name here. His name is Jason. Well, we'll come back to it. Father Martinez. 
father bullshit. Father bullshit. Father bullshit's back, baby. Knew it. Or it would be rabbi bullshit, I guess. Oh, that's right? true. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get it right, guys. So this guy, Jason Haxton, then acquires the box, right? And he starts having weird things happen to him. So the stuff that's happening to him has happened to the previous owners as well. One of them being these very weird dreams where they um, encounter this demon face that morphs from having a face to then having its skin just like ripped off and then eyes gouged out. And it was really like just, yeah, like super demonic. So he had that. Do do we know what the Dybbuk looks like since you're talking about like, is there any kind of like, does it take on a, a form of sorts? Ooh, this is a good question. Is they both rip faces off, which is interesting. Yep, yep. Yes. <laughs> that That's the crossover. Yep. So in my research, the dreams in which people have seen the same thing, they've seen this, this thing that this demon thing that I've uh, described to you. I was also researching on another uh, website and they had said that in, in, um, like Jewish mysticism that it might take the form of like a black dog or a cat or something. It wow. sounds like it can take other forms, but I'm not, I'm not clear on that. So I don't know. Cause, Cause I read like a hag. It looks like a real hag. Yes. Oh. Like a witch. Mm. That that's the thing that these people have. That's the image of, of the person that these people that's have. That's the common on. thread then. Yeah. Right. Okay. And all of them experience weird supernatural stuff, anxiety, health problems, all like basically COVID-19 is, is oh. the fucking dibbic. So it's like, so it was crazy. Right. So anyway, um, so this dude, he becomes obsessed with it. Right. Cause he's like, I gotta know what the hell this box is. So he does more research. He contacts the original, who he, who he thought was the original owner of it. Mm -hmm. This, uh, this guy, Kevin Manis. And he's like, dude, you got, you got to help me out here. Can you help me out? And the guy, and like, it was funny because in the interview, the guy was like, okay. I'm like, you have a responsibility to this man to help yeah, you, him out. You, yeah. You pass this along. Yeah. And he knew, he knew about all the things. He just thought it was like in his head. I'm like, ah, no. Mm -mm. So anyway, so this guy, Kevin Manis goes back to where he bought the box and he opens up the well the the this woman opens up the door and it's it happens to be a woman that he went to high school with or school with or something like that and it was her grandmother's box it was uh, her name was Havala the woman who passed away at 103 and, and was the um original owner of this box um but this woman uh was in this house i don't know if she lived there but she also had an older lady that was there with her which i think was her grandmother's cousin which would be like her second aunt or whatever. Anyway, I'm not going to do the whole genealogy. But anyway, she yeah. was there. And um, her name was, I believe, Sophia. I can't remember, but I have to look. But anyway, so he goes in there and he, and he says, yo, this box, it's crazy. Like, can you tell me more about it? And he said, so this woman comes out of nowhere and she says, it chooses. It, cho it, it, it can choose. It chose you. And he was like, what are you talking about? And... She goes on to explain how this box came to be. So in 1938, um, in Poland, these women, they were cousins, and they were, um, this was sort of right as World War II was starting to kind of kickstart, you know yeah. what I mean? And yeah. they had taken up this pastime, and at the time, it, it was all the rage to sort of do seances and Ouija boards. So they made their own little uh, Ouija board, used a pendulum and, and whatnot. And uh, speaking of portals, they were talking about, they, you know, you open up portals to yeah. another dimension. So they opened up this portal and they encountered this like spirit 
And the spirit kept on telling them like, yo, you should let me like cross over or whatever. And I don't know what came over these women, but they decided, okay. And so the spirit had crossed over, but it was so malevolent and it was so bad. It was so, it was so like demonic. They were like, we got to contain this. Yeah. So this is what's really fascinating. They attempted to trap this Dybbuk into that wine box on December 10th, 1938, which is the same night that they call Crystal Knock, which is a night of broken glass. And it, um, it's a night where uh, thousands of synagogues were destroyed mm. and about 30,000 Jewish men were arrested and then sent to concentration camps. Whoa. So basically wow. it's credited as being the turning point where anti-Semitic policies were turned into like widespread violence. Yeah. And this woman now flash back to like her, her telling the story, she right. says, I feel like that what she thinks it was correlated and responsible for it. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, all right, let me dig deeper. And I'm like, maybe, maybe not. Sophie, that was her name. Ah, so anyway, you were so close. She, uh, I was so close. Sophia. So, <laughs> so then what happened was, is they never got to trap the, the, the Dybbuk into the box. So the Dybbuk was roaming, you know, like roaming around for years Run after the war. To just everywhere. Around the world. <laughs> Just imagine the Dybbuk just like in a <laughs> shimmying to that song. Just pointing at things, yeah. <laughs> I just imagine like a montage of like Paris. Yeah, and like Vegas. the Hollywood sign comes by, yeah, and it's like, yeah. A latte? Yeah, yeah scarf and a latte. So this, uh, so this Dybbuk basically was, um, so they tried, they attempted to trap it on December 10th. They were not successful. And she wasn't actually able to trap it until a couple years after World War II. Whoa. So she felt wow. like it was responsible in some way for the Holocaust and all the, the, madness. the madness that happened, right? So now we're going to go back to this whole thing where she says it can choose, it chooses. So this Dybbuk box is really interesting because it seems to like almost write its own story, weave an own, you know, like a story. So it's not like people like haphazardly just like, oh, I, I just got this box and I right. don't know what to do with it. It just kind of like has a path. So this box from Kevin had been sold and auctioned to a few people. And then this guy, Jason, finds out that there's a connection to the box and his hometown. This is the guy who has it now. This is the guy that it was passed down from Kevin Manis through the college kid now to Jason. So he finds that there's a connection between this box and his hometown in Missouri. So he looks into it a little bit more. And this I'm going to I'm gonna read. So it says he realizes there might be a link to the Dubik box to his hometown in Kirksville, Missouri. So he found this connection with Harry Hamilton Laughlin. I don't know if anybody knows who Harry, Harry Hamilton Laughlin, Harry Laughlin is, but he's basically one of the, um, he was a very big activist for the eugenics movement, oh. which, you know, for yeah. the listeners out there who aren't too familiar about what eugenics is, it's basically using science to weed out what they say breed quote-unquote breed out the bad and breed in the good and it was basically the foundation of what hitler used for the holocaust being hitler yeah exactly for being hitler did you know charles Lindbergh was a eugenicist i didn't know that yeah that because that's one of the theories that he actually was responsible for getting rid of his baby because the baby that was found, the body of the child that was found had several um, deformities. And uh, if that was true, if the baby really was deformed in some way or had some sort of 
disfigurement, he wouldn't, it would have been sort of like embarrassing for him. Yeah. He couldn't be on board with a disabled child. Yeah. And the baby was missing like certain key organs. It was like specific organs were gone and some were still there. So they believe that he might have gotten rid of his own baby. Wait a minute. That's like get rid of like he disposed of the baby without anybody knowing kind of thing yeah like he killed it yeah well there's two there's two theories one is that he like straight up was like i don't want this kid it's deformed i mean you know i i like white blonde strong people Mm -hmm. Uh um and he killed the baby or he had basically paid someone to kidnap the baby but really they were transporting it away so that it was like out of his life and then something happened in transit and wow. the baby died but both, um, people are both pretty theories sure point that- to that he's the worst <laughs> pretty much yeah. Yeah. so what's interesting about the eugenics movement is it actually started in the united states and then was then the a lot of uh, german scientists cited harry lofman when they were doing their studies in ah. germany and then it's interesting because Harry Lofman, I've also found out he was involved in the notion of, of forced sterilization mm, in, in America, okay. which is really, which is really crazy. Which we're still doing. Yeah. Jeez. I auditioned for a movie that was about a doctor who was sterilizing Hispanic women so they would stop breeding. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It's horrible. Well, yeah. I mean, that's what, that's they're, what they're, they're doing saying the might be happening at the border that women are getting uh, agreeing to and signing forms that they consent to like hysterectomies and shit, but they don't know what they're signing because there's no one there translating. Uh, But anyway, so, so this dude, so this, so this guy, Jason finds this connection, right? He's like, Whoa, this is weird. This is my hometown. Maybe this is why I have it. He felt that the box was like the Dybbuk was trying to like lead it and tell, tell its story. Right. So then he called a medium in to, to sort of touch the box and, and give, give her readings. And so she was able to pick up on the ailments that he had experienced. But then she also picked up on, an, on another man. And his ailments was something like ch- tight chest or chest pains and then something with the head. And so um, the owner of the box, Jason, had uh, confirmed that Henry suffered from epilepsy and died of a massive heart attack. So I think they were picking up. I don't know how the box itself ties into him in that way. Like maybe the spirit was influencing him. I don't know. So it was really interesting. But now here's the cool part about it. So this guy, Jason's like, all right, I have to contain this shit. What do I do? Right. So after like consulting a lot of religious leaders, he came up with uh, basically putting it in an ark, like the Ark of the Covenant. Oh. And he had to build it um, specifically. So this ark was made of uh, an inch and a quarter of acacia wood, it's called. Okay. And, and then on the inside of this, so acacia wood is, is supposed to be this very strong, powerful wood that holds a lot of power. And that coupled with what he lined the inside of it, which was um, 24 karat gold, which um, he said represented... Uh, I believe immutability and perfection oh. is it, it helps contain it. So he built this art and contained it and put it in there and then like had it, I guess. And then I started to Google to see like, who has this box? Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, it ain't in that arc. 
Oh no. <laughs> when I so saw it's it, escaped. it was in a glass case. It's Ugh. in a freaking glass case. So the last person that I that I could find that had it in 2018, I think he still has it now. You guys might know the name just in your field, but Zach Baggins. Oh, you know what I'm <laughs> oh about? Maria. You know yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Who's Zach Baggins? <laughs> He's uh, Ghost Adventures. He's from Ghost oh, Adventures. He's kind of okay. special. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I know yeah. nothing about the dude, but he himself has this box. At least he did in 2018. I don't know oh, if he currently still has it now. He probably does. He probably has it at his Las museum. Vegas museum. Oh, yeah. that exactly makes sense. Right. I thought he was just chilling with it next to his bed. I was like, who gave it to this guy? Why don't they throw that shit in a volcano or right? something? Why you do can't. people hold on to it? Why? What do you mean, why? You can't. You'll you release have to it. Like, it. Like, take, like, a priest and a rabbi up there, put them in the tinfoil suits, you know, and be, like, you know, and <laughs> have them do the, have the priest go something in Latin, like, Maria Tatiria, and then have the rabbi just, you know, shalom it, and then just chuck that fucker into the lava. Why not do that? Just for the record, that wasn't Latin, just for anybody who was, like, learning Latin and was <laughs> looking to you for help. That was not Latin. They're like flipping through their book, like yeah, like what was speedy at the this? What? Yeah. <laughs> no, so so yeah, so guess I guess this dude Zach has it in his haunted museum in, okay. in Vegas. Okay. And I when I looked when I saw the pictures because he also has uh that that show uh, Ghost Adventures Quarantine right. So anyway, mm -hmm. I um I saw it. it was in this glass case and he was like I'm gonna open it and whatever I'm like I don't even know why y'all are fucking with this shit like please put it back in its ark and send it off and put it away, but. So this is interesting trivia. So apparently Post Malone went to that museum. I believe it. Okay. And in 2018, and then experienced a series of unfortunate events. Not his tattoos on his face, but like one, it was like. <laughs> already had the tattoos. He's already had the tattoos. So that didn't, that already had happened. So it was like one after another. One, it was like a plane crash. Uh, two, two tires blew nice. out on the runway oh my on gosh. his private jet. Then right after that, he um one of like his old house or something was broken into at gunpoint. Whoa. And then a few weeks later, he was in a car crash and collided with another car. He's obviously okay because it's yeah. 2020 post mortem right. still here. But so there was this video that was leaked on TMZ of Post Malone. They were like, was he cursed by it? But it was just a video of like Zach touching the box and then Post Malone touching his his shoulder so it like pass through joints and shit so like okay. the divot can pass through your joints is what i'm is what i'm trying to get out here it's like don't yeah, it's like arthritis yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like electricity he's showing up as yeah. arthritis great yeah. yeah so that's what i found about the divot i mean like i said oh, there's only boy. 10 apparently in the world and that two of wild. them are at this museum um Jeez. i think uh he acquired another one. Oh, sorry yes no, you, but you didn't answer my question. Why can't you just throw it into a volcano or like the Mariana Trench or blast it out into space? Because first of all, anybody who has it, it causes so much havoc on your in your life. Like I doubt that they'll even get to the freaking Mariana Trench. Like your boat will just like, I don't know, get consumed by a whirlpool. And if you even could make it up to like a volcano, it'd probably throw you in it. So I wouldn't even go anywhere. So if you're trying to transport it, it's probably going to like try and kill you a million times before you get anywhere, Makes basically. Sense. Okay. That's Dang. it. That, that's, yeah. 
Well, and also I was thinking like basically the box is what holds this thing in. So if you threw it into a volcano, the box would get destroyed, but, but the demon released. would just shoot right out. And then it would be Rome if you want to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're right. Again. And the thing is, is that they don't, they, they were, they're saying, it, and, and you guys know, in just like your studies of spirits and demons and stuff like that, the box itself holds it, but the yeah. energy isn't contained. Right. The energy right. is, can go through and do whatever the so, hell it wants. So you actually have to put it inside some sort. I know it's like funny, like, whoa, Ark of the Covenant, but that's what the Ark of the Covenant was where, you know, that thing was like with the wood and the gold. And it had like two archangels holding the 10 commandments in it. It was so intense. It's, you know, it, it's so intense. It's been missing for a while. It's, I think, I don't know, it got stolen in something BC when the Babylonians took A lot took of gold over. in there, yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. But wow. it's real, but it's real. Yeah, that so the Divic Now I understand the mezuzahs. <laughs> <laughs> I get it because- I understand. Okay, I'm on eBay. You can buy Divic Are you buying a Divic box right now? Don't. No, no. Okay. It's like, what are you trying Flash to do it. to Joe? No. <laughs> I would never. I wouldn't dare. <laughs> no, I just, because you can buy Dybbuk boxes, but I think they're all a scam. I was going to say, if there's only so many in the world, now people are just trying to get your money. Because they're all like extremely active, sealed Dybbuk box, Jewish paranormal amulet, Latin spirit entity. That's the That's <laughs> the a big one. description. That's a big one. This makes me feel yeah. better because this is kind of what I thought of Dybbuk's. It's so funny. I thought like maybe I had some knowledge. So that's why when you were like, Lauren, what do you know? I was like, no, take the reins because I don't want to take away from your story. I'm probably going to like give too much detail. <laughs> Silly me. I was just like, a Dybbuk is a box that's magical and <laughs> demonic at the same time i had like the brave little toaster but like a box yeah, that comes up I, like, yeah. Maria, you just like schooled yeah. me on every level i clearly had no freaking clue what a dybbuk was because i was no. more on ashley's page of like can't you just buy them anywhere and it like no. might do something bad to you oh my gosh well they range from about forty dollars to ninety dollars with That's about eight to ten dollars shipping. That's way so, too cheap <laughs> It's too cheap to get a interdimensional demon. It's yeah, not right. I mean they yeah. should. What would you short. pay? Yeah, Dybbuk is the is the demon, and the box is, I guess, what it can. The Dybbuk box is a famous box, though. This wine box is like yeah, yeah. A that's famous like wine. the box, right? The one so, that people know about. Dybbuk was um was the Dybbuk a thing before uh the the wine box? Like, was it a um is it like in the Jewish Bible? or yeah it's ancient i don't know if it's in the jewish bible i haven't done research on that but it's it's super super ancient wow okay i mean i mean i would assume it's super ancient it's funny because i there's a story in the old testament i believe it's like second samuel or first samuel i don't know where um solomon you know went to a witch and was like yo open up a portal i want to talk to uh you know I want to talk to this prophet and she did and and like we talked earlier too about how um ashley last week about the story in the new testament where there's this guy who um was afflicted with spirits so it's very interesting that you're asking this because back in the days in the biblical days um people thought before we had a, a good understanding about mental health people thought that you were possessed 
by a demon. And you may very well have been. And in the Bible, there's a story where this man had like sort of lived in the graveyards and he was afflicted by this demon and he was always doing all this like damage to himself. And this demon came up to Jesus, you know, it with inside the guy and was like, what are you doing here, son of God? It's not your time yet. And he had cast the demon out into a herd of pigs and the pigs then killed themselves. So they're, they're you know, demons. And I would assume the Dybbuk is an ancient, ancient thing. Demons, yeah. demons and spirits are ancient. I saw paintings of Dybbuk's uh, that were from like, you know, medieval times and stuff like that. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I wasn't sure if that was like something that got sort of create, not created, but given Mm -hmm. a name uh, in the 1930s, or if it was like, or if it goes way, way back. Yeah, had a name before that. In my research, I think I I kind of gathered that um, Dybbuk was the name of a spirit. Like, I don't think that it's the name of like a specific demon. You know what I mean? Like there's right. different, there's demons that have specific names, I believe. I don't, I don't know, but it, it kind of came off as like, it was just uh, this spirit Yeah. or it could be a demon. The uh, Dybbuk, that word is derived from the Hebrew word Dabuk, which means to attach. So it makes oh, sense that, mm. and it, it was like a derivative of another word too, which also meant to cling. So it's a very clingy kind of attachy sort of spirit. There are a lot of things, uh, um, creatures in uh, different religions or different, um, you know, cultures or whatever that when you describe them, Mm -hmm. the descriptions are demonic. Like you're like, well, that's a demon, but it's like they might not believe that it is a demon. They might believe it's something, you know. In this case, in this specific wine box case. And, you know, I'm, I'm super into like demon spears and all that stuff. I'm not meaning like I like to dabble in it, but I'm very fascinated about it. What curiosity. I heard, you have a curiosity. Yeah, I have a curiosity yeah. about it. Um, but uh, what I gathered, it sounded more like it was a demon than than an actual just like spe- like a dead person that was like, I'm dude. Need, yeah. Some dude that was like, I'm bored. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm bored. I'm just going to attach myself to this guy real quick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Travel the world. Dibbick schmibbick. Dibbick schmibbick, man. <laughs> give me the ham. Before we exit, I wanted to give one quick little Mandela effect thing because I loved Maria's Ooh. reaction. And I feel like this could still be like quick and not take up a lot of time. And maybe you guys have heard yes. of this and I was the only idiot. Who do you guys remember being the person that delivered the publisher's clearinghouse checks? I didn't know. That there was a specific person, Ed McMahon. It was it was um, Ed McMahon. Yeah, was right? Ed McMahon. Yeah. No, that's what, what I thought too. Ed McMahon has never delivered an American or a publisher's clearinghouse check. He actually was a spokesperson for a rival company called, I believe, it's American Publishers. Yeah, American Family Publishers. People saw his ads for them, got confused. And have now imagined in their head that Ed McMahon was delivering these checks. He has never ambushed someone at their front door. He has never <gasps> held a check. And Publishers Clearinghouse just sort of went along with it. They never like came out in the press and said like, no, 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 Ed McMahon doesn't work for us. Because it was giving them like so much notoriety yeah. and press. So they went with it and it built them up. But like, it's just average Joes that deliver the checks. Ed McMahon never has. I was going to say, I thought it was... 
different people every time. I just experienced a, a, a Mandela effect this past year that makes me so mad. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, well, if you picture, you might already know this one, so it might be like spoiled. If you picture the Fruit of the Loom logo, oh, yes. What do you picture? Grapes and Gr- apples. Green grapes. Yeah, fruit. Fruit. Nothing else. Are they like in anything? The fruit? Or are they just hanging out? I. I, I mean, I just. I just thought they were like free, 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 free fruit, like free, like they were just. So, yeah. I. You're correct. I swear <laughs> to my ring light <laughs> that they were in a cornucopia. What? No. Like in a little that the cornucopia. fruit of the loom logo was a cornucopia with the fruit like coming out of That's it. Thanksgiving. I can't. Well, I know that. <laughs> But I cannot, but I can And she's not alone. Like half the world thinks that too. I'm actually with you guys, Steve and Maria. Ashley brought this to me and I said the same thing mm. as you. I was like, it's just a bunch of fruit hanging out. And she was like, no, there was a cornucopia. There was a freaking cornucopia. Oh. And if you look at the images side by side, like people like you guys are like, no, that one's right. But I'm like, <laughs> there was a cornucopia. I uh, I don't know what's worse is that it, I didn't know that it was called a cornucopia or that I just assumed it was like a wicker seashell. Like, look at that wicker <laughs> seashell! Oh. That came from nature? No, the wicker like, seashell. That like the, that, like, the pilgrims wove. put together. You know, the pilgrims were like, let's let's weave this wicker we shell, se- seashell, you know, or a we shell, whatever we you want to call it. And let's put it on the <laughs> table and give it to the mm-hmm. natives. You know, I don't know. <laughs> Also, I mean, this was interesting because in both cases, me, Steve, and Maria were all in agreement and you were on the opposite. You didn't remember Ed McMahon, yeah. but you think you remembered a cornucopia. So that was that was an interesting mm. little thing that just happened. Huh. Well, so we're all in different timelines, basically. I'm with Steve and Maria. I'm hanging out in your timeline, yeah. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on my the own. Ed McMahon thing truly blew my mind. Like, yeah, I thought so sworn, too. Could have sworn he held a giant check, guys. I don't know. I I mean, I kind of remember him doing it, but I just also remember like generic white haired old guy. Exactly. That too would also be like, you know, but wouldn't you be pissed if you won and you thought not only were you getting the money, (laughs) but Ed McMahon was was going to show up and you're like, who the fuck are you guy? Where's Ed McMahon? Ray. Yeah. Yeah. Ray. That would be, I'd be pissed. Ray. So thank you guys so much for coming on our show again uh, for our season four finale. Pleasure. I love it. Well, thank you guys. Um, We love you guys. Thanks for coming. Love you guys. You guys. And uh, you're amazing. Seriously. You guys are kicking ass. Keep kicking ass. Thank you. Seriously. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours. (laughs) Yes. And happy Hanukkah. Shalom to my Jewish listeners. Yes. Steve and Maria are just the warmest people. So warm, so witty, so intelligent, so, oh my gosh, we could just go on and on. They're the best. I could listen to them tell stories for hours. Especially with the little bit of New York accent they have going on. Like, they're good storytellers anyway, but the accent just really adds it on. (laughs) Like, they, oh man, guys, watch out for them. They're going to be so famous. Oh, they're going to be so famous. I'm very excited to watch them. Thank you guys again, Steve and Maria, for joining our season four finale. We love you. But sadly, that's all the time we have this episode for Keep It Weird. We know that you think you've learned your lessons. 
But we also know that the scariest ghost is approaching. But we hope you take comfort in the knowledge that the future is always at least a little scary for everyone. And we're in this together. We hope that you drop us a line at Keep It Weird Cast across any platform or in our Facebook group or via email, keepitweirdpodcast at gmail.com at some point during our hiatus to say hello or to send us some creepy real life scary stories. Yes, please. We will be working on planning another great season for you. So any requests topic wise will be welcomed and appreciated. (laughs) Yes, help us out. So happy holidays, weirdos. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. I actually don't know any other word to that song. Happy holidays. And the merry bells keep ringing. I don't either, apparently. Keep it weird. Beautiful. I really don't know the other words. I don't to that either. Song. I started singing it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" I've really <laughs> backed myself into a corner here. Yeah, I had absolutely no clue. <laughs> oh, that's funny.